chasing after what won't last. I'm done with building these castles that crumble like sand. Oh, knees on the floor, I finally found it. Everything I need, it was always right in front of me. You gave me a name, you changed
Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks for being with us today. If you're in the room or whether you're worshiping with us online, uh, we want to welcome you. Uh, Are you ready to worship the Lord today? Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord? Let's stand together this morning and let's worship Him by making this declaration. This is our God. He loves us because that's who He is and not just what He does. Remember those walls that we called sin and shame. They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But he came and he died and he rose. Those walls are rubble now. Remember those giants we called death and rain. They were like mountains that stood in our way. But he came.
on and give Him praise today. Our God loves us because it's what, it's, it's what He is. It's who He is. God is love. Love is not just something that He does. It's who He is. It's in His nature. And He wants that nature to be in us. Amen? Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. We thank you, God, for your presence, for your anointing. And God, we need that. Lord, every moment of our lives, but certainly as we're together today, we're inviting you to come in your power and in your glory to speak to us, to do in us what you want to do today. We thank you, God, for all that you are to us and all that we are to you. It's only because of your Holy Spirit and it's only because of your son, Jesus, who gave his life for us. So, God, we thank you today. We praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on and give the Lord praise, and then you can be seated. Amen. Well, welcome again to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks so much for being here today. Uh, it's been a rough week with the snow. Um, and you can maybe, if you want to, you can blame this on my wife because last weekend she said, You know, I would just like one good snow. So I'm sure she probably prayed for that. So if you have something important that you need, go to Debbie and she'll pray for it. And that maybe it'll show up. Amen. Well, I see all of you guys survived and, and uh, we had a great week and, and God is just uh, blessing us. Amen. It's so good to be together. We want to welcome you again, whether you're uh, worshiping online or here in the room. If you're new, if you've never been to CTC before, or maybe you've only been here a few times, maybe you've only worshipped with us online a few times, uh, we welcome you especially. And uh, when, if you're in the room, when you leave uh, the sanctuary today after the service on the left-hand side of the mall is our Connect Central. We encourage you to stop by there. We have a gift for you. You'll have an opportunity to meet some people from the church and find out about any and all the, of the ministries that we have going on. If you're new and you're online, there's an I'm New Here button in the upper right-hand corner of the screen, and you can click on that. When you do, it'll take you to our Connect card. Now, we have a digital Connect card online, and we have a physical Connect card here in the room. And uh, so whether you're new or whether you're a regular attender, we encourage you to fill those out each week just so that we know you're here. Because as we say and as we've said over the last several weeks, that we have teams of people who get together and contact people who we think we haven't seen over the last however many number of weeks. And so if you've been here but you haven't been filling out a Connect card, then, uh, I mean, that's totally up to you, of course. But you might get a phone call uh, or an email or something from somebody saying, hey, we've missed you at church. And your response is going to be, well, I've been there every week. So, uh, but just if you would help, that really helps the office staff out uh, in in following up with people like that. So if you could just uh, fill that Connect card out. Again, whether you're new uh, or whether you're a regular attender. You can also give us prayer requests and praise reports on that card, and uh, we will be sure to pray over those. And uh, we have groups that meet throughout the week, and we pray over those needs. All right? Did I miss anything? I guess, you, I, guess I didn't. So let's take a few minutes now and catch up on some of the things that are going on around our church. My name is Lynn. 
Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. Scout Troop 902, that is a part of the ministry of CTC, is hosting a pancake breakfast to show their appreciation for the use of our facility. On Sunday, February 11th, from 8.30 until noon at the Bear Campus, the Scout Troop will be serving pancakes and other breakfast items. This is a great opportunity to have fellowship and some interaction with our Scouts and their leaders. Since our vote to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church, we have had a series of town hall meetings to discuss the elders' proposal to join the Global Methodist Church. Our next meeting will be on Saturday, February 3rd at 2 p.m. at the Bear Campus. This will be for the purpose of voting on the proposal. If you are a ministry partner with us, we encourage you to be at this meeting as we look to the future of CTC. If you contacted us about absentee ballots, those are available this weekend. As you know, we have transitioned from using the term member to ministry partner because we believe that God has called us all to serve together in partnership to see all people experience his love. Our next opportunity to become a ministry partner at CTC will be on Sunday, January 21st at 4 p.m. at the Bear Campus. If you would like to become a partner with us, please join us for this ministry partner orientation. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all of our ministries by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Have a great week. Good morning. Great to see all of you here this morning. Thanks for making it out in the cold. Hopefully you're all shoveled out. Hopefully your neighbors are shoveled out. You know, I have a, I have a brand new snowblower in my garage that came with a house when I bought it seven years ago when I moved here. And I haven't used it in five years, maybe six years. And I haven't even started it. So it probably doesn't even start. And as I was shoveling <laughs> the other day, I thought, this is the good, a good amount of snow that I could have gotten my snowblower out, but I didn't. Anyway, anyway, we're good. We're all good. I'll get somebody to fix it so it can start. Maybe somebody out there knows how to fix it. And you come over to the house. And we'll, no, that's not an appeal. <laughs> Glad that you're here this morning. We're here gathered to worship our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's good to see all of you. Good to see you online and glad that you're here. Just want to put a, uh, last week we had one of our small groups begin, a new small group called Alpha. Alpha is uh, an opportunity to just ask very honest questions about our Christian faith. And uh, it meets at, nine, at 11 o'clock uh, during, during our same time that we're having worship up here. Alpha still meets. And it's not too late to join Alpha if that's something that you were thinking about. And you know that one of the ways that we... Uh, strategize one of our part of our plan for helping people to grow in their faith is connecting people uh, in small groups uh, of people where you can uh, have conversations, pray together, and support one another and learn together as we go out and serve Jesus Christ in our communities. 
So Alpha is, is, uh, is going on at the, during the 11 o'clock service, and I invite you to invite somebody to join Alpha as well. Let's, let's read one of these scripture verses that we use to inspire us and to teach us uh, about giving and trusting God. You know, the Bible says, says a lot about how we are to use our money. It is a critical thing. Uh, and so let's read this out loud together. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. That is a tough scripture, and it should challenge all of us in the way that we use uh, our funds and the decisions that we make about what God has provided to us. Let's continue to worship God this morning. I invite you to stand with me and as I offer this prayer to get us back in uh, listening to God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you have called us together this morning. Come now, Holy Spirit. Once again, we ask you, be present with us. Lord, each one of us comes this morning uh, with, with all kinds of thoughts, plans, hopes, desires, perhaps even negative things that we bring to this space today, things that we'd rather not have to deal with in our life. But in this moment, God, we're here with you. I thank you, Jesus, that you receive us wherever we are, however we are. And as we sing these songs, God, I just ask that you would come speak to us as we listen to your word this morning. Inspire us, teach us, remind us of the forgiveness and the new life that you have for us every moment of every day. We praise you. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God makes ways in the wilderness, streams in the desert, times when we don't know and we don't understand, we don't see it, we don't expect it, but God is always working. He's always faithful. We don't see the way. He does. When the road runs dead, you can see a way I don't. And it makes no sense. You say that's what faith is for. But you see a promise when I see a grave, you see a door, and when I'm at my end, you see where the future starts. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. You've been good on every promise.
for us when we didn't see it. Yeah, let's give the Lord praise today. We praise you, oh God, for the ways that you make for us. Lord, you made a way for us to come to salvation when it was not accessible to us. When the only way to have our sins atoned for was the blood of animal sacrifice. And that Jesus, you came and you gave us access.
Thank you, Lord. When Moses encountered God in the burning bush in the wilderness and God began to speak to him, he told Moses, take off your shoes because the ground you're standing on is holy. Jesus is in this room here and now. We sang the words together, you were, you are, and you'll be forever. The king enthroned in glorious splendor. And that king that's enthroned in glorious splendor wants to have a relationship with each one of us. Do you understand that? Not just us collectively. Not just to look down on a crowd of people and say, yeah, those are my people. But to look down on each one of us 
or to be here in this room with us, each one, and saying, you are mine, and you are mine, and you are mine. And the weight of that, when we think about who the God of the universe is, and how closely related He wants us to be with Him. It, I, I don't know about you, but I just can't wrap my brain around that. Why that God would want that. Because of, you know, I've stood here week after week and told you all kinds of bonehead, stupid things that I do and that I've done, but God still wants to, He still wants to be my Father and He wants me to be His Son. I was reminded this past week about the story of the prodigal son. And you know the story of the prodigal son. If you don't, you can go and look at it in the New Testament. But what it boils down to from a father's standpoint is it doesn't matter what you've done. Just come home. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Just come home. And because God is love, which is what we sang from the very beginning of this service today, because that is who he is, then that healing can begin. Now, based on where we've, done, where we've been or what we've done, it doesn't mean there won't be some kind of discipline in that. But even in discipline, there is love, right? So, God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you want to do in us. That you are the king that is enthroned in glorious splendor. And that you are here with us right now. And you've come to do your work in us. So, Lord, we set aside, as Pastor Roger prayed a few minutes ago, our agendas, our lists, our ideas. We ask you to move in us today.
I want to invite the children to come for us to bless them before they go to their room for their for their lesson. Uh, let's pray for our children this morning. Father, we do thank you for these. We give these, our children, to you, God. Lord, as we as a church have influence over many, many people, we simply ask you to come and flow through us. Be with the, the adults downstairs who have prepared to share a lesson, the adults uh, in their rooms, God, who are influencing these young ones, that they may grow in their faith in you, to trust you experience you all their lives. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. That phrase, every time we sing that song, Shake the foundations, shake down the walls. I can't remember. I, when I have to say lyrics, I can never say them in the order that they have to when we, when we sing them. Break down the walls of all my religion. That is a bold, bold prayer, isn't it? Are you courageous enough to pray that? When we sing that, to pray that, break down the walls of those thoughts, those ideas, those expectations that I have of you, God. Break down those walls that we have of you and reveal yourself to us. The the, the walls that we place in, in religion keep us from seeing the truth of who God is. God, we need you to reveal yourself to us today. I'm going to give a warning for our message. Last night we had a we had a new uh, couple come to church last night, which is beautiful. Thank God that we have new people. Almost every week we have we have new people, and we just welcome you uh, today to be with us. The message today and for a couple of weeks is going to be about money, <laughs> and we don't we don't worship money. We worship Jesus. We worship our Lord. But as you read the Bible, not only does God promise to provide everything that we need, God has some very clear instructions to us about how we are to use those things that He has promised and is providing to us. And so it's good and right for us to talk about money. Uh, I don't like talking. What do you think, Nolan? Nolan's just like looking at me. Little two-year-old down here just... Oh, teach me about money. Now now he's walking away to Grandma. That's all I said. All right. We're in this series called Our Winter of Contentment. And now finally, we're feeling, we're feeling winter. Are you feeling content? <laughs> Hopefully your homes are warm and you're satisfied. And, and these are some of the meanings as we've gone through this series on, on contentment. These are some of the meanings that we've discovered about this word contentment. It means satisfaction. It means having peace. It means having what I need. All of these things. It means the lack of strife or the absence of strife. And in the midst of, uh, of this series, we've We've talked about the reality, even though contentment means the lack or the absence of strife or striving or contention, we still go through life feeling stress, don't we? 
And, and even as we grow, we don't grow unless we're experiencing pain and stress or suffering or strife. So how is it that we can experience contentment while we're still in a life of striving? Well, it's because of our relationship with God through our faith in Jesus Christ. God gives us this ability to endure, to persevere through all these things, to grow, even when growing is difficult and painful. Change itself is growth. Think about the changes that we've experienced as a church, even even you know, with Pastor Paul. Pastor Paul was here for 27 years, and then I came and things began to change. Of course they begin to change. And I could see very clearly, even among the staff, even when, when a new staff person would come on, come on board, everything changed. And people bristle at change. It's, it, it brings strife. But change is a normal part of life. We continue to go through change. We all had to change when COVID hit. Everything changed. (laughs) Were you content? We can still experience contentment even in the midst of all these things that we have. So contentment means the lack of strife. It means peace. We talked about that. It means being satisfied. We sit down at a meal and our, our body is hungry and uh, we, we eat until we're content. And for some of us, it's just a little bit and we're content. For others of us, it's got to be a feast. Well, <laughs> maybe, not, maybe we don't need a feast every time. But I put on a few pounds during the holiday season because it's your fault because you keep giving me candy. <laughs> That's, that's, that's a lie. It's not your fault. <laughs> I want to look at two scriptures today. These are scriptures that have been really the basis of this entire series on contentment, but, but they really have to do with money, and so I've kind of held them off until, until the end. So in these last couple of weeks of this series, while we're talking about contentment throughout our entire lives, we're focusing on being contented with our finances and with the material things. That we've got. So let's start with, with Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. And it starts out very clearly. Why don't you read this first phrase out loud with me? Just three words. Don't love money. Did you know that in the Greek language, when this is written in the Bible originally, when it was finally written down, it's just one word. It says, don't love money. It's a sentence. And, and one of the unique things about the Greek language is that you can have a full sentence in one word. It's this, it's this word, don't love money. And it comes, it's a compound word. That's the way they, put, they, 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 they expressed new ideas back then. Is, is that, okay, here's this idea. Here's this word that represents this idea. Here's this word that represents this idea. Let's put them together to represent a bigger idea. So the, the two words that are, are here is phileo. Those of us who are near Philadelphia know that it is this called the city of brotherly love. That's what Philadelphia means. It also is a compound word. It comes from phileo. It means to love. Adelphos is brotherhood. The city of brotherly love. So this word, don't love money, has the word phileo in it. And then it has the word, I can't say it in Greek, because I can't say it, but it means silver. 
And it's used in the Greek to, to refer to all kinds of material things, not just silver, but they use it in a general sense. And then they put a prefix on the front of it that makes the whole thing negative. So it's loving silver, not. Don't love material things. Let's keep reading. It says, don't love money. Instead, be satisfied. There's the contentment. Be satisfied with what you have. Now, I know in our culture, in our world, in our business world, it's always push. It's always get more. It's always do more. It's always have more. It's always learn more. It's always get more in the savings account. Invest more over here. And how many times a day do some of us look at our investments just to see what's happening? And when we see it, when we see it go down, we, we panic. Oh, I hope that turns around. But don't love money. Be satisfied with what you had. Why what you have? Why? And the Bible tells us here in this verse, because God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. You see the contrast here? Here, There's a contrast between loving money and recognizing who God is. What did we sing? Break down the walls of all my religion. Break down the walls of all my tradition. Break down the walls of our expectations of loving money. Be satisfied with what you have. And turn your love, turn your desires, turn your passions toward God. Why? Because He will never leave us. Does that imply that money will leave us? (laughs) Have you looked in your wallet lately? Money comes in, money goes out. In and out. It doesn't care about you. It's not going to love you back. It just comes and goes. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. And so, Bible says, we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. Not this money. Although we need this money to get this food, we need this money. We went shopping the other day. This is a funny story. I'm looking at ginger. And your family makes fun of you because of the number of uh, paper towels that you have in your house. That's another story. Ask Ginger about that someday. So we were at Costco the other day, going through the aisles, and it's been a long time since we've been at Costco. And I said, Carolyn, do we need toilet paper? I don't know. Well, we better get some. So I got the big package of toilet paper. I don't know, 36 rolls of 1,000 sheets. You do the math. That's 36,000 sheets. I get home. We have the pile of toilet paper in our in our garage. I go in there, and on the bottom of the pile is an unopened case, 36 rolls. On top of that case is a half-used case of toilet paper rolls. And here I am carrying a, 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 another case of toilet paper rolls. I said, how many have we got? Count it up. We have 104 rolls of toilet paper times 1,000 sheets. 
I can't do that math. <laughs> if you need some toilet paper and you can't get to the store, give me a call. I'll come by. How did I get to that? Where did that come in? The Lord is my helper. Have no fear. We need money to provide these things. But God is the one who promises he is our helper. We can trust God in, in, in our singing. And I don't know how God does it. I just know that God does. God provides for us. And, and we, need to, we need to connect with God. That's why we gather every, worship, every, every week to worship God. To say, God, I know I need you in my life. I need you here. And I'm here to be with you, God. And I don't understand how God works in our world. I just know that he does. I also know that I've been through tremendously painful experiences. And I've sat with you through tremendously painful experiences. And I've said to you, trust God. And people have said to me, I'm not going to trust God because this and this and this and this and this. And you can have a thousand reasons not to trust God. And I get it. But the Bible is saying to us, the Lord is my helper. I will have No fear. What can mere people do to me? Trust the Lord. I sat back there during our singing this morning and said, and and the thought that came to my mind was, God, I don't I don't understand your timing. Because your timing is not my timing. But I had the experience yesterday of of having prayed for something for, for weeks. For weeks. And all of a sudden, yesterday, the idea came to me with such confidence that I said, okay, I know this is what we are to do. And I said, thank you, Jesus, for your timing and your confidence. I'd wrestled for, with it for, for months. God, how come this isn't happening? How come this isn't happening? And I'm not wrestling anymore. The striving is gone. Now, what needs to happen hasn't happened yet. <laughs> and i got some work to do. Before that can come. But at least I know what is to happen. God's timing. God takes care of us. The Lord is our helper. We will have no fear. What can people do to us? Don't love money. Love God more than anything else. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you will be taken care of. I want to read this verse from, the, from a paraphrase of the Bible called The Message. And it's on, this, uh, on your tables uh, or on your chair. You've got this little brochure uh, that, that says that the winter of our commitment. And if you just open the first panel, on one of the panels there in a black box, You can see this verse from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6, from the message. And Eugene Peterson is a brilliant biblical scholar and a preacher who who translated the Bible. He made a paraphrase of the Bible. And this is his paraphrase of this verse. It says, don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Remember Remember I said that all that sentence comes from that one word in the Greek. Don't love money. Don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Be relaxed with what you have. Relax. 
since God assured us, I'll never let you down, never walk off, never leave you. And since God has assured us that we can boldly quote, God is there, ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what. You got that? No matter what. The horrible thing may happen, but you need not fear. That's what I'm fearless no matter what means. It doesn't mean that the bad thing will never happen. It means that you'll have no fear when it does. Because you're trusting God in it. Who or what can get to me? Anybody get under your skin? (laughs) God, I need you to be with me. I need you to be with me in all that. Let's go to another verse. This one from... 1 Timothy chapter 6. And if you close that brochure that I gave you, keep that handy because we're going to talk about that some more. But on the front of that brochure is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. And it says, True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. You want to be wealthy? Live a life of contentment. That doesn't mean that you can't have a lot of money. It does mean that you don't love money. Some of us are extremely gifted to be able to acquire lots of resources. And that's what God has equipped and enabled and and, and you have a desire to do that. That's good and right. All of us don't have that same desire. We don't. I don't. And, and, and there are times when, when people have said to me, but pastor, there's nothing wrong with money. I said, I know that. But I'm not the one who's going to go and gather it in mass. If that's your gift, then you go do that. Because God's given it to you so that you can share it with those who don't have it. Oh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit later too. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, just 6 is, is here. If we look at, well, I want to read the rest of the verses that come after that. So it says, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Paul is writing this. It's a letter written to a young man, young pastor named Timothy, and Paul is giving him instructions. And one of the things Timothy has been confronted with are people in his, in his congregation, people in his in his ministry, who have been teaching false things. And so Paul is contrasting, Timothy, this is how you are to teach. This is how you are to live. It's in contrast to these other people who are teaching false things. And he says, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content, relax in it. But, it says, and here's the contrast, but people who long to be rich, key is that word longing, because we're talking about the love of money, so you've got to connect in your mind this term loving money and this word longing for because it's a desire. It's a love for that which we, these are the two ideas that are being contrasted. 
the love of money, longing to be rich. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires. Does anybody here disagree with that idea? That just going down that road of consuming and getting more and desiring more is a trap of foolishness and harmful desires. And those desires will destroy your life. And not just yours. If you're married, it'll destroy your marriage. If you have a family, it'll destroy your family. The love of money. And they plunge them into ruin and destruction. Verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. I went downstairs while you guys were singing up, up here. And they're getting ready. they were getting ready for the children to come downstairs. And one, 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 of the, uh, one of the teachers was, had, had drawn a tree on the board. One of, our, one of our assistants, one of our young people who was helping with Sunday school, and, and they pointed the tree out to me. And look what so-and-so drew on the thing. I said, you need to put some roots on there because I'm talking about roots today. The love of money is, is, is the root. The love of money is that thing in our life that is going to reach out into the world, into the things of this world, and draw from it just like a root draws nutrients If your love is for money, you will draw nutrients, you will feed it, and what gets fed will produce the fruit of that evil, of that the love of money. Money is not evil, but money doesn't care. That's 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 why it's not evil, because it just doesn't care. It's it's what we do with it. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people, here it is, this desire, craving money, have wandered from the true faith. Remember I said, Paul's contrasting what these other people are teaching and what Timothy is to teach. They have wandered from the truth faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. And again, here comes another contrast. But you, here are these people over here. They're teaching that. Here's the truth. And here's how I want you to live. You're not like them because you're one who follows God. The word here, but Timothy, but you, Timothy, are a man of God. Now, people have referred to me as the man of God. Please don't look at me as the only man of God at Christ the Cornerstone. (laughs) Every person here who has... Faith in Jesus Christ is a man or a woman of God. You seek to follow God. And we're all in that. If we have faith in Jesus Christ and our decision and our commitment is to follow Christ, we are people of God, of the way of Jesus Christ. We're following His way. And that's what Paul is saying. But you, Timothy, you're following Jesus Christ. You're a man of After God's own heart. You've heard that phrase about King David. 
But you, Timothy, are a man of God. So, therefore, because you're a man of God, run away from these evil things. Pursue righteousness, godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. What a list of qualities to put into your life instead of loving money. Pursuing righteousness. Godly life, godly behaviors, faith, love, perseverance. (laughs) Keep going, don't stop. When your feet are stuck in the mud, you pick your foot up. And if somebody's got a, you need somebody to help you pick your foot up out of that mucky mud, so be it. But keep going. And then he ends this with gentleness. I was, oh, Really? Do I have to be gentle too while I'm doing this? I, got, I was out shoveling yesterday morning and, and when I shoveled, the adrenaline got going and, and, and the blood was flowing. My mind was thinking and I got finished and, and, and I went into the house and I got all this energy and I'm doing things in the kitchen. And there have been times when I've done it. didn't happen yesterday. Thank you, Jesus. There have been times when I've when I've, when I've done that, and, and I've just not been gentle. I'm putting dishes away, and I'm slamming them in the cupboard, not because I'm mad or I'm angry, but it just sounds that way. And so Carolyn will say, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Could you be a little more gentle? It's not always easy to be gentle when you've got a lot of energy. But isn't that, isn't that what gentleness is, though? All of us have all kinds of power. And God's calling us to use it gently. And it will be more effective. It would be like the surgeon's knife. You don't want a surgeon to come with all that power of the knife. To come in and just right through your life. Right through your body. You want the surgeon to be very careful with all the skill and the power and the sharpness of that blade. He's just going to cut only what needs to be cut in order to bring your healing. That's gentleness. So be gentle. Then Paul says, fight the good fight. Okay, you just told me to be gentle. Now you're telling me to fight. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. This is what God wants us to live in place of the love of money. This is how I want us as a congregation to view our resources that God has given to us as a community, but also as individuals in our own homes. This is what God is teaching us to do with the resources that he has placed with us. I want you to take this one more time, and we're going to talk a little bit more specifically uh, about the resources that we have here today. And I'd like you to take, uh, take this brochure and open it wide up so you see this gray uh, part in the on the inside. This is our and 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 last fall. A lot of churches do this in the fall. They have a stewardship campaign, and uh, they take some time. And uh, we we had other plans last fall. We had to figure out how to pay for our disaffiliation, which we're so grateful. And many of you have stepped up and have loaned us short term. And we are still trusting God so that we can repay those short term loans in a few months. We're still waiting for that. So keep praying 
for that ability for us to repay those loans because we've got to do that. We're trusting. We believe that this is what God's called us to do, and we're trusting God to do it. So keep praying for that. But we've put off talking about our regular giving throughout the year until now. So now we're in 2024, and what I'm asking you to do is to make a commitment to Christ the Cornerstone. If you're now, if you're just a, if you're a visitor today, if this is your first time here, just just I hope you just heard what I the, what I just said as the message. Now I'm just talking to people who are committed to to Christ the Cornerstone. This is our plan for using the resources that God has given you to provide to us. I don't have I, I don't have this money. And we as a church don't have this money in the bank. Remember I said money comes in and money goes out? (laughs) That's how it works here at the church. But this is our our plan for using the money. We have have these different categories. The first category, if you're looking at this, we're here and this is our strategy for ministry. We invite people to have faith in Jesus Christ. And here are the ways that we invite people. We worship, we use our media, we use our music, we use special events. We advertise so that we can invite people to experience God with us. And this, this, is, a big, this is a big chunk of money. And, and this includes a, a, a new street sign for the front. Have you noticed that our sign has been black for months, even years? It's been glitchy. It is time to replace it. It has been time, and we're waiting for the resources to come together so we can do it, and we believe that this is the year that we can do that. So we invite people, and we use our resources to call people to faith in Jesus Christ. We connect. We we, we create a community where we care for each other. And so through our church family care ministry led by Pastor Vaughn, we have our our small groups ministry. I to- told you about Alpha starting uh, last week and continuing for the next 12, uh, 12 or 13 weeks. We connect people, and, and I'm constantly urging you to, to get involved in a group of small people. It could be a formal group that meets once a week. It could be just a handful of people that you check in when you gather to, with each other, when you gather for worship, or maybe you text one another uh, uh, every day on the phone. I have a group of other pastors around the country. Some of them are even in Canada. Every day and every week we're checking in with each other. That's my group. We're there for each other. And we do that. It's our children's ministry and our youth ministry, connecting people with one another and with God so that we all grow in our faith of Jesus Christ. Apprentice. We're teaching people to, to, to grow in their skills. We're developing leaders in our church, volunteer leaders, and our staff leaders, those who are paid, and, and provides training for them. We have Emmaus and Chrysalis scholarships that are used for that. Emmaus and Chrysalis is a weekend retreat that is powerful to develop leaders in people's lives. And it's our plan to continue those ministries. So we apprentice. We invite, we connect, we apprentice, and then we send people. This is church is not a destination. Church is a is is a go-through place. <laughs> God calls you to come to church and then he sends you out to live your life in the name of Jesus. And then we've got operations and staff and bank fees <laughs> in our list. That's a huge number there. 
$1.8 million. Not one of us has all that money, but it takes all of us to do that. I want you to close, close, close that panel. Let's see. Close it all up and then flip to the back panel on the back side. At the top of that panel, it says, you must each decide. This is scripture. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and do not give reluctantly or in response to pressure. (laughs) You may feel like I'm putting pressure on and perhaps I am, but I don't want you to respond to the pressure. I want you to pray and carefully and listen to God and say, God, what are you asking me to do? Pastor Roger has outlined, outlined our, our, our plan for, for ministry and how we're going to do it. And, and he's, he's putting pressure on how, how we are to not love money. And, and maybe the pressure, God, I feel is actually coming from the Holy Spirit <laughs> because I know I've not done these things. But you need to listen to the Holy Spirit and decide for yourself how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Why? Because God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So if you need numbers and if you need things to measure, which we need in our world today, here are a few measurements. Our average, atten- our average worship attendance from both campuses this past year has been 441 people. Praise the Lord. There have been times when that's been a higher number. There have been times when that was a much lower number. But praise God that every week through both campuses, through all the services, more than 400 people are being uh, gathered together, worshiping God, celebrating, praying together, experiencing God's healing. They're experiencing friendship with one another and peace with God. Our ministry partners are those who are members of the church. We have 368 who are active. And I've listed here 193 who are inactive. Where'd they go? That's why we ask you to fill out the Connect card so that we can stay connected. And we have a plan for reaching out to the people who are inactive in order that we can restore their activity. And if you're listening today and you're part of that we, need to want, we, we want to know why. We want to know what we can do. And if you've gone on to another church, okay, fine. Well, let us know. We'll take you off that list. That'd be fine. God's working in your life. And we rejoice in that. Last year when I asked people to make a faith commitment, that's what I'm asking you to do now. I'm asking you to make a commitment to give to this church throughout this year, 2024. Last year when I asked people to do that, we had 264 people respond and made that commitment. This is what I'm going to give every, every week, every month, or throughout the year, whatever. It's what I plan to give. There are 417 households. Now these are people that didn't make necessarily didn't make a commitment that 414 includes those who made commitments, but it also includes anyone who's given anything to Christ the Cornerstone in the last year. Praise God. Each week, in order to fulfill, in order to satisfy, in order to be content with the ministry plan that I've put before you, we need to receive every week $15,649. That sounds like an awful lot of money to me. Last year, our our weekly offering averaged 14805 I don't think that's a huge difference. Praise God. Praise God. 
This is a lot of money. Now, I know some of you have jobs and corporations. This is Delaware, after all. This is where the world comes for money and, and, or to organize themselves. And so some of you have jobs where this is, just a, this is just a piece of a penny, some of, your, some of those businesses. Well, if it's that little of a piece and you've got some, go ahead and share it with us. You won't miss it. <laughs> oh, that was pressure. Now, this last one at the bottom of this, this one, this, this, this one struck fear to me. So if we took that amount and we average and, and we divide it by the, the number of people, the average number of people who, who, who give, it comes to $38.54 per person per week. I remember talking about this with others and the question was asked of me, does that, are, you, are you counting people who are able to give? I said, no, I'm counting heads. That means that includes people who don't give, like children. Maybe children do. There are some children who are on our giving list. And I love it when a child, when it's recognized that a child has given this amount. And we'll send that child a statement at the end of the year saying, thank you for giving to Christ the cornerstone in their own envelope. So that means if I have a family of five, six, whatever, it takes $38.54 a week in order for our ministry to be financially satisfied. $38 times five is what I can think in my head. Okay, that's, that's my average share. Now, all of us are not able to do that. I know that. When I, when, I, when I was younger, I couldn't do that. But some of us are able to do far more than that, and we need to do so joyfully, not reluctantly. So I'm asking you. There's some questions down here. What would you ask would you ask God to help you increase your weekly giving? Christ the cornerstone. Just ask God, God, can I can you help me increase what I give each week to Christ the cornerstone? Or maybe you've never made a yearly commitment. One of my goals is, you know, we see up there that last year we had uh, what 264 people. I'd like to get 300 people who make a commitment. If you didn't make a commitment to give to Christ the cornerstone last year, I'm asking, make the commitment. I don't care what you decide to give. Just make the commitment to give and to give regularly through the year. And, and let it be a, a response of your faithfulness to God. And then there's the, the, the last question. Would you consider legacy giving? Some of us have, have ample resources that will get passed on to our children or to other things. And Have you thought about it and have you asked God, God, are you asking me to, to, to remember Christ the cornerstone in my legacy? We've got material that we'd be glad to share with you if you want to consider if you want to consider that. So I'm not asking you to fill this out today. Uh, good news. We're going to be talking about this for the next two weeks. <laughs> Come again. I'm not going to beat you up with this, but we need to do this prayerfully and trust the Lord to provide for us in 2024. Now that 
family that was here last night, and they got this message, and they, they went home, and they said, to, they said to Linda, well, it was all about money. Yeah, it was. But we don't love money. We love Jesus Christ. And we dedicate ourselves to follow Him in every way. And what the Lord instructs you, what the Lord inspires you to give, is your decision, is what you do. Let's leave, let's leave with a humorous story. Got to leave in a, in, a, in a good mood. Father teaches his son a lesson. It's a story of a father, very affluent family, decided to take his son. I wanted to teach my son how other people live. Not everybody has all the things that we're able to have. And so he planned a trip, took him to a, a place where dad thought, uh, you can see, you can see uh, how people live who have much less than we did. Ended up taking them to a farm someplace. They spent a few days on the farm seeing how they lived. And the father was hoping the son would come back, seeing their poverty, realizing how good we have it. So on the way home, the dad says, what would you think? Son said, that's great, dad. Dad asks, did you see how poor people can be? Oh, yeah, said the son. What would you learn from the trip? Son answered, well, I saw that... Dad, we've got one dog. They've got four. I saw that we have a pool that reaches to the middle of our garden. But, Dad, did you notice? They've got a creek that runs through their property. I couldn't see where the creek began, and I couldn't see where the creek ended. It was like a never-ending pool. It says, we have imported lanterns in our garden. Did you see the lanterns in the night sky? All those stars that they get to see every night? And our patio at home reaches to the front yard. Dad, they got a front lawn. I couldn't even tell where the end was. It went all the way to the horizon. He says, we've got a small piece of land to live on, Dad. And they have fields. I couldn't even tell where they ended. And we buy our groceries a bag at a time, but they grow their food and they store it in bushels and crates. And God, I noticed, or Dad, I noticed that we've got walls protecting our house from other people. But did you notice, Dad, that they they had neighbors? They had friends down the road over there, and they had friends over there, and they had friends in the on the back forty, and they watched out for each other. They were well protected. The father was speechless. And finally the son said, Dad, I'm so glad that you took that we took this trip and you showed me how poor we really are. <laughs> Don't love money. Be content with what you have. Trust your life with Jesus. That's where we're ending this message today, because that's where it starts. Trusting our lives with Jesus Christ. So as we pray this morning, I invite you to stand. And as we sing and as we pray, I invite you to to take seriously my invitation, my request to you to to, to make a commitment. But the primary commitment that I am interested in in is your relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't want you to make a commitment to this church if you don't first have a commitment to Jesus Christ. Because that's the source of all that we do. So let's pray together as we sing. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for 
all the resources that you provide to us. And God, I look out over this congregation. I see other pastors. I see other people who are in, in, in other not-for-profit uh, industries. I see people who are in, who are in, in, in financial uh, industries or, or they're just in, in whatever industry it is. And they're amazing what you've equipped us to do. So God, as we consider our part Help us listen to you. Help us be courageous. Help us be generous. Help us be bold. Help us place our love, our passion, our desire in you and nothing else. Thank you for forgiving all of our sins. Thank you for giving us peace. Thank you for healing. Be with us as we pray together. In Jesus' name, amen. God, we trust you because there is no one else like you. Oh! 
no one else is like you, God. No one else is as strong, as powerful, as all-knowing. God, you provide for us. And so, Lord, our hearts want to be faithful to you with everything that we have. So, Lord, as you're calling us to this place of contentment, Lord, lead us to the place where you want us to be. Help us to be bold in our giving. Help us to be bold in the statement that we make by doing that. We give ourselves to you today, God, and every day in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. The altar is still open if you want to come and pray. There are folks at the prayer stations in the back. There are folks that can meet with you still online for several more minutes if you need someone to pray with you. God bless you. Have a great week.